Up Thursday edition of the EP Podcast here. I am Austin Horton. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out. iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, the Zone Sports Network app on the on-demand audio section. You've got 1280thezone.com slash ep-podcast. Just Google it. You'll find it. EP Podcast Austin Horton. There it is. Find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, including our Facebook page. Go ahead and give us a like, a follow, and share. Uh, it is a Thursday, and uh, they always tell me in radio there's no such thing as a throwaway segment. And that's true. There, there really is not a throwaway segment where you just are like, well, I don't know what to do here. Let's just do this and, and throw it away. No, every segment needs to have purpose, needs to have drive, needs to have passion, needs to be entertaining. There are throwaway subjects. What you do with those subjects determines whether or not a throwaway subject becomes a throwaway segment. What I want to do on a Thursday is just kind of, it's like a hodgepodge, like a potpourri of small stuff, just little stuff that's out there that's floating around. Throwaway topics, not throwaway show, but throwaway Thursday edition of the EP podcast. If this could be stuff that I want to see be thrown away. This could be stuff I'm like, yeah, it's out there, let's talk about it. And it could be stuff that's absolutely ridiculous and and absurd. So, with that being said, the inaugural edition of a Throwaway Thursday here on the EP Podcast. And I want to start with things that I want to see be thrown out. Throw these away. First and foremost, the Rudy Gobert-Donovan Mitchell relationship topic has got to be thrown out. Throw it away. Get rid of it. Shred the thing. I'm not saying that it's 100% fixed, but I am saying it's 100% uh, beaten to death, this topic. They have both spoken out, said they have talked, say they have ironed things out, say they're ready to move on and turn the page. Kind of hard to do that when you're not playing basketball. And so until then, until we see it actually play out on the court, this is still going to sadly remain a topic. It's still going to be a question that people bring up is still going to be something that uh, the reporters talk about and that's because and this might shock some people the reason good reporters ask questions is because the people that they're that are reading their stuff want them to ask that it's what those people are talking about themselves a reporter is not there to get his own curiosity filled it's to get the curiosities of his listenership and his readership filled and and fulfilled and so you're going to hear this brought up again when media sessions resume with Donovan and Rudy and the team, anytime you hear someone do a media segment, it's going to be brought up, and that's just the way it's going to be, but I wish it were different. Rudy said, we've talked, we've moved on. Donovan said, ready to hoop, ready to move on and, and, and turn the page. Mike Conley said, it's completely done. It's, they're fine. Everything's going to be all right. Joe Ingles has said similar things. On and on and on and on and on. Does that mean that Donovan and Rudy... Uh, love each other to death and are sending each other Christmas cards? Probably not. But as long as they're coming together in practices, while traveling, in games especially, to make sure the Jazz have a real shot to win an NBA title, then who cares? Who cares if they like one another or not? I, I, I would venture to guess that as you're watching this last dan- the, the Last Dance documentary about Michael Jordan, I'd venture, I guess, that 90% of his teammates hated his freaking guts. And, and, and why wouldn't they? He was an absolute pill of a person to have to handle and deal with. But they won a lot of titles. And so you put up with the good, or you, you, you appreciate the good as, as, with as much bad as you have to put up with. I'm not saying that Rudy and Donovan are putting up with bad, 
Just saying they obviously have clashing personalities in some areas, and they've got to find a way to continue to work together and be coworkers and create a productive product with the end goal of winning a championship. I guarantee you can name at least one person in your office right now that you aren't going to go out for drinks with. You aren't going to invite over to your family for dinner. You're not going to send them a Christmas card unless it's part of a, 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 an assigned secret Santa or something at the office. Yet you have to come together every single day and create a product and, and get the work done in an efficient and pr- productive manner. And that's what the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert thing is going to have to be. They're on board with it. I wish we could throw this subject away. And and unfortunately, it's probably going to be brought up for some time still. But one first thing I'd like to see thrown away, Rudy, Donovan, drama. It's It's been overplayed, man. It's time to move on. Speaking of time to move on, and I hope I never have to uh, mention this guy again, RSL former head coach Mike Petke, uh, who was fired last year after using a uh, homophobic slur towards a uh, Panamanian official. Uh, this, this was uh, July of 2019. He was fired for that, although, albeit after a couple weeks of RSL just suspending him and hoping it would go away, and obviously it wouldn't and shouldn't and didn't. And so they then fired him. Pecky filed a lawsuit saying they owed him close to $700,000 still. And they went to court. Well, the suit that was filed last fall has now been tossed out, has been thrown out uh, by Judge Patrick Corum, who has ruled that the case should go to arbitration uh, with the MLS commissioner acting as arbiter. But Pecky, RSL, and MLS jointly agreed to have the suit completely dismissed. Court documents do not indicate the terms of a settlement but it's believed that there was some kind of settlement. So uh, Mike Petke, he got his day kind of in court. He's getting some of his money back, obviously. RSL decided it was better to just pay him that money than risk having to pay him the full amount in a, in a trial or whatever. And uh, both sides get to move on, and we get to distance ourselves from Mike Petke. Uh, and uh, Mike Petke is fiery. He is passionate. He's a really good soccer coach, but he is, he's got a lot of uh, problems that come out uh, in, uh, in dis- on display, both in public and privately, and uh, I, for one, am glad to throw away the Mike Petke subject for good. Here's a little throwaway something that happened on ESPN. Their top ESPN uh, anchor in the studio, Matt Berry, has NFL reporter Diana Russini uh, over uh, you know a video call like they do, which they've done these for years. This isn't suddenly a coronavirus-led thing. They've done these for years. Now, usually Diana Russini is in studio, and so that could be why she's... This could be new to her and her apartment or house or whatever it is, and that's why these problems occurred. But they've done these sit-down camera from the office back to the sports center uh, set camera interviews for years well matt barry has a hilarious moment here where he asked dan rossini about all these glitches that the nfl draft is is, is uh, experiencing as they run through their practices and uh, here's what happens you hearing this is going to be fascinating what are you hearing in terms of how organizations are going to be handling communication with each other she just stares straight ahead blinking smiling there you have it 
I am talking about communication for the upcoming NFL draft. See? See? And Rossini just stared at me because oh, our man. communication, in fact, went down. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, irony. ESPN uh, looking to talk to Diana Rossini about the glitches, which we shared on the podcast yesterday, her reports, how there are a lot of glitches going around the NFL draft, mock drafts and practice runs ahead of today's actual uh, events. And there she has technical problems herself. Now, uh, I will say this. In the year 2020, why is it possible? How is it possible? It can't be possible that an NFL franchise has bandwidth issues. That they, they, can't, they can't just park. Even if the coach or GM's house that they're uh, getting these ch- picks out of, even if his house has cheap Wi-Fi or dial-up even, they can't park an IT guy in his driveway and send up a satellite to get some kind of better connection? How do they not have Google Fiber in every single one of these guys' houses and offices and stadiums? And, and how are they not? How are they experiencing technical difficulties? How is bandwidth a problem? Uh, Diana Rossini herself reported that a GM earlier this week said he was having a problem because all his kids were at home streaming things on all their individual devices over the Wi-Fi and the bandwidth was taken up. Well, here's an idea. Upgrade your bandwidth with your gazillion dollars that you make every year. Or, better yet, make the team upgrade it for you. Since it's for work. And you can write it off as a tax expense. It's for work. Or, in the very least, if you want to cheap out, get your kids out of the house during the draft. I know it's quarantine time. I know it's corona. They're not supposed to be going anywhere. Send them out in the backyard and lock the door. And say, Dad needs the Wi-Fi for his job. You like eating? Do you like wearing clothes? Do you like having a house to sleep in and a bed a bed to sleep in and a house to live in? Then you're going to be okay to let me have the Wi-Fi for two to three hours. It's just unbelievable to me that in 2020, the bandwidth is is the bugaboo for NFL teams. And this isn't, uh, these aren't NFL teams in Billings, Montana. They're in big time cities. Get this stuff figured out, man. And now it's too late. The draft is upon us, and I can't wait to see the hilarity that I am sure, certain, is going to uh, ensue with all kinds of gaffes and uh, and uh, mistakes made in the NFL draft tonight. All right, I'm sure you've seen the video by now of the group in Idaho who have their kids out on the playground, and the police come and uh, have the unfortunate job of having to babysit adults. And say, not nah, you can't be doing this right now. Even though you disagree with it, it is technically a law in place. You can't be here. We're going to have to ask you to leave. And the, the you know the moms put up uh, some resistance. And one mom in particular puts up so much resistance to the point where the cops are like, "Fine, we're, we're this. We've asked you kindly. We've asked you sternly. We've asked you to you know uh, loudly. It's now time for you to either leave or be arrested." And she says, "Okay, arrest me." And they do. You've seen it. It's gone viral. It's sad. It's unfortunate. This stuff should never happen. Uh, It is uh, a problem that this is where we are in society, that we can't go take our kids to the playground. But the cops aren't the ones doing this. Idaho's government's not doing this. The virus is doing it. If you're mad about uh, having rights or whatever taken away, be mad at the right thing, the coronavirus. Do what you're supposed to do to make sure that we collectively kill the coronavirus and we'll have our rights back. 
This is not a permanent thing. This is not a dictatorship rolling through the towns and gathering everyone up and saying, all right, you're no longer citizens. You're now work laborers in the American camp. No. This is coronavirus problems, and we all deal with it, and we're all in the boat. So just take your medicine, so to speak. Find an open field for your kids to go run around, and we've all had to do it. It's tough, I know, and I'm not trying to sound unsympathetic. I am. I'm empathetic towards everyone who is dealing with coronavirus. The the single person in an apartment by himself with his cat or dog to the mom wrangling six, seven, eight kids and homeschooling them all day. Gall, I know which one I would choose to be, but it doesn't mean that they're not both going through this thing. And the saddest part of all is this, this mom leaves her kids there. And someone on the video is like, hey, she's got her kids here. Of course she's got her kids there. So why is she allowing herself to be arrested with her kids there? Think this thing through. You're not going to change anything. You're not. Idaho's not going to suddenly be like, you know what? Coronavirus be damned. This, this lady's right. Everyone go play on the playground and get sick. Which would you rather have? Your kids safe and healthy while being cooped up in a house? Or your kids sick? And dying in a hospital from coronavirus because you wanted to make a point about your rights to be on a playground. Think this stuff through, please. Throwing away the non-compliance to social distancing. And look, I know it's a hot-button topic. When you go into a store, wear a mask. Wear gloves. Do it. If someone with coronavirus wears a mask and you don't, there's a 75% chance that you're going to get it from them. If they don't wear a mask and you do, there's like a 25% chance. I'm I'm flipping that up. They wear a mask, you don't, 25% chance. They don't wear a mask, you do, 75% chance. You both wear masks, less than 1% chance. Just put it on. Put it on. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's goofy feeling. I know it's it's entirely new and you feel ridiculous. But do it and we'll beat this thing together. All right, that's enough of that soapbox. Throw it away. And finally, this Joe Ingles on the Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK every Thursday on the Zone Sports Network. Yeah, DJ asked a very, uh, I thought, poignant question about, uh, you know, with all these uh, Zoom meetings and, and uh, chat rooms and however, the, the workouts they're doing, how often is Joe Ingles and the team getting together and talking? So how often are you talking to the team on Zoom and uh, Quinn and hearing from him and all that? Because I've heard it, it's at least semi-regular. Yeah, pretty regular. Um I don't know how many times we've done it. This, this, well, I think we're closing in on nearly 50 days. I think of since we got back from from that game, and um, obviously the first few weeks were pretty quiet from from everyone's part. And then we, yeah, everyone we we jumped on these Zoom calls. We've obviously, like I said, we've got group chats that that constantly are, are buzzing and all that. But um, no, it's good. It's good to obviously we don't we don't we're not going to overdo it. And, and have a Zoom chat every day, but we've we've done a, a couple a week probably, um, one or two a week for for the last few weeks. It's it's really good just to obviously to see the guys and you get to talk a bit of smack to them and just have a bit of fun. And obviously Quinn um, takes a bit more of a serious part at the start, but then we usually stay on as players for a little bit after. And um, yeah, it's been. Like I said, it's been cool to see everyone. Obviously, we can't physically go and actually sit at someone's house or anything. So just to be able to see the guys that you you used to seeing every day is, has been really cool. All right, as that pertains to uh, when or if the NBA season will resume, 
My personal opinion is that it's looking more and more less likely as the days go on that the NBA season will be able to resume and still fit in an entire complete 2020-21 season. Now, they might resume this season and then do a half 2021 season. We'll see. Those are all still possibilities. But uh, I would not hold out, uh, I would not be holding my breath that by the end of May or middle of June, the NBA is able to resume this the season because as Spencer Cox said with Hanson Scotty, the idea of filling up stadiums again is still quite a while, quite a ways down the road. Um, now they could do it without fans. That might change it, and I'd be all for it. But Joe Ingles there, catch him every week, every Thursday on the Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK here on the Zone Sports Network. That's going to do it for a throwaway Thursday edition of the EP podcast. Got the movie zone coming up later tonight. Me and Johnny Lightfoot. We're talking about summertime movies. We'll have Marshall Moore of Utah Film Studios on. He and I uh, partook in, uh, took part in the uh, 25th anniversary of The Sandlot that was filmed right here in good old Utah and good old Salt Lake City, Ogden, elsewhere. And uh, we'll be talking about that and more on tonight's edition of the movie zone. So make sure you tune into that. That's it. Thursday done. Friday up next. Enjoy the rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. And until then, be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> I did have a career-altering trade, almost a career-altering trade. And it was about two years ago. I was actually traded to the Detroit Lions. And I called up and I got the phone call. And this was I was contemplating if I should retire or not about two years ago. And I was like, you just traded me to the Lions. I go, oh, I'm retired. Like, I don't know how that trade can go through. And then two days later, the trade never went through. Can you believe that? Yeah. Oh, wow. They're going to trade yeah. you? Yeah, I got traded. I what told that story wrong? before last year. I never year. heard that. Yeah. And then I, I was like, oh, no, I'm retired. How can you train me? <laughs> and I stayed on the Patriots. <laughs> 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 no, no, no.